The Freedom Dividend Podcast represents my opinion on financial markets, investing, economics, and politics. All information disseminated on the podcast is not investment advice. Anyone seeking financial advice should look to contact a licensed broker or industry-registered financial advisor. Wall Street was taken through a roller coaster experience in today's trading session with huge percentage swings in all major indices. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell sh- sharply lower to start the day and made it to an intraday low down over 1,115 points at the lows, then recovered all of those losses, ending the day at 34,364 and over 1,200 point reversal. The NASDAQ fell 4.75% intraday. We had a 4% swing in the Russell and a recovery for the S&P 500 from a 3.98% slide in the morning. Now, the S&P has recovered from an intraday loss of more than 3.98% only three times in U.S. history. And this is going back all the way to 1977, where this data was collected. But in January, uh, or sorry, in October 16, 2008, the S&P was down 4.63% and closed up 4.25%. And in October 23, 2008, the S&P was down 4.28% and closed up 1.26%. But the point of this data is to show that some of the biggest rallies always occur in the worst of bear markets. Typically speaking, bear markets always present very, very big rallies to the upside, but they often occur few and far between. And conversely, bull markets usually have the sharpest sell-offs, but again, they happen very few and far between when we're in a bull market. But today, the NASDAQ reversed a 4% intraday loss to close the day higher. Again, all major indices were down heavily in the first half of the trading session and all recovered to finish slightly above uh, where they started the day. But the NASDAQ reversed a 4% intraday loss and closed the day higher. Now, that has actually happened 16 times uh, in U.S. history. And of those 16 days, five of the times when this had happened, over the next 20 trading days, there was a 15% drop in the NASDAQ five times. Now, there were 10 occasions of the 16 times that this happened where the NASDAQ had losses within the next 20 days uh, in total. And the average return for all 16 times this has happened was 3.7% negative. So this is not a good sign moving forward. And again, it shows that this was just a big bear market rally, but that we're still going to be in a bear market most likely. Now, the Dow futures fell 200 points in the aftermarket trading session, and NASDAQ futures shed 1% of market gains. But again, I look for weakness to continue as we move into the later part of the week. And if you look at some of the other action, which I'll go over in a bit, the only asset which was really never negative on the day 
was the precious metals market between gold and silver, which both had very strong days. But Bitcoin was hit, along with other cryptocurrencies, extremely hard as well in the first half of the trading session. And so were a lot of the speculative stocks that I've been covering. Look at the ARK Innovation ETF. It finished the day up 2.8%, but it was down all the way at 8.5% on the lows. And this market action is showing me that there's a lot of short covering going on in the markets. A lot of people were short, a lot of these speculative names. And with some of the huge drops that we had in the morning, there was a lot of opportunity for profit taking on the short side. So you had a lot of short sellers coming in and buying to close out their positions and take profits. Look at Rivian, was down all the way at 14% on the lows of the day, and it actually recovered to finish down just a 1%, and it was down another 2% in the after hours trading session, but that is a 13% swing on the day. MicroStrategy also recovered as Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies recovered in this big rally that we had today. But MicroStrategy was down 15% on the lows, almost $79 off of its highs from yesterday, and it recovered to be down just over 1%. SoFi, another speculative stock. This stock was down 14% on the lows. It recovered to finish down 4%, but it still had a 10% rally intraday to recover a lot of the gains that it lost from this morning. Same thing happened with a lot of the sports gambling stocks. Caesars Entertainment, down 5% on the lows, rallied back to over 5% on the day. Bitcoin started the day very weak. It ended the intraday trading session at about 33,000, but it was able to rally back to as high as 37,500. And it's trading slightly lower to begin the new day's trading session. But again, a lot of the speculative assets were down heavily in the morning. And then we saw a lot of short selling uh, covering their positions coming in in the middle of the day. And that helped give a very big dead cat bounce to the markets. But again, I expect that to capitulate and I expect the markets to be weaker moving into the rest of the week. Now, the Russell 2000 today actually fell into full bear market territory, and an official bear market is when a indice or stock price falls 20% from its highs. So the Russell 2000 now down over 20% from its highs. And again, the Russell 2000, small cap stocks, but it represents the stocks that are most heavily uh, concentrated within the U.S. economy. The NASDAQ at one point today erased its year-over-year gains. So if you had bought the NASDAQ one year ago today, after today's uh, morning trading session in the afternoon, you had lost every single one of the gains that you had over the past year. Much like the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones actually hit its lowest level in 10 months. Again, it was down 1,115 points at the lows of the day. Very weak day overall for all U.S. indices, and the pain wasn't just felt in the U.S., it was felt in emerging markets as well. The iShares MSCI Russia ETF down 8% on the lows, and I talked about this the other day, but Russia continues to get hit because of the conflicts that are going on between Russia and Ukraine, 
people are selling these stocks to get rid of any political risk they can in their portfolio. But even though this ETF finished the day down just 4%, again, it had a rally intraday as well. It was down 8% on the lows. And this is a very high paying dividend uh, value ETF. All the names comprised within this ETF pay very high dividends. And it gives a distribution yield of 5.39%. And it is very, very rare that we see moves this big to the downside or upside in ETFs that provide this much of a distribution yield or in stocks that provide this much of a dividend in general. The Vinek Russia small cap down 7% on the lows and 3.8% total on the day. Look at Tencent. That was down 3.5% on the lows, but again, rallied back like other stocks in the U.S. Alibaba is getting incredibly cheap here. It's now trading at 119 spot 50, and it was down 2.8% on the lows. It finished the day just above the lows. It finished down 2.32%. But this is a stock that has been getting clobbered that I've been talking about, and it's getting to very, very uh, enticing levels here for buying. Now, I want to compare Alibaba to Amazon and Again, for those that don't know, Alibaba is the Amazon of China. Now, Alibaba has a price-to-earnings ratio of 17.2, whereas Amazon has a price-to-earnings ratio of 55.7. Now, one of the two reasons for why Amazon has gotten a much better valuation than Alibaba mostly is because of Amazon being located in the United States. And people have viewed over the past decade, as they have over the past century, really, the United States economy to be a much more flourishing economy than other emerging market economies around the world. But I think that's going to change in the next decade, especially as people start to look at China, not as an emerging market economy, but as a fully developed economy. And it's going to be the richest economy in the world with the richest middle class in the world. And so I think that Alibaba is going to have to start trading at a premium, much like Amazon has been, because they're going to be a highly competitive business selling products and services to a rich middle class of Chinese. Also, Amazon has expanded into the grocery market with both Whole Foods and Amazon Fresh. And they're also looking to get into the pharmaceutical delivery space to acquire the licenses necessary to do that. And so for that reason, there are some more growth expectations built in to Amazon. But if you look at Alibaba's business, they do e-commerce just like Amazon. They also have cloud computing, artificial intelligence. They do entertainment, mobile commerce. They also do uh, films and TV shows, much like Amazon is. And so really, Alibaba's only differences in their business is they haven't gone fully into the grocery sector yet, but also, again, because their business is located in China except instead of America, and because of that, they do not have the type of premium Amazon does. But again, in my view, they deserve that type of premium because where they're located in the world, their, that economy is going to continue to grow and flourish throughout the next several years. But again, Alibaba is extremely cheap. Think about being able to buy Amazon 
at 17 times earnings, essentially that's what you're getting with Alibaba. And sure, it may come with a little more political risk, but at the end of the day, it's still a great business with a very good moat and a very good brand. And I expect that stock to do very well over the next several years. Looking also at JD.com, just to give some more examples of the sell-off today in the Chinese market, JD.com was down 6% on the lows, rallied back to be down just two and uh, a quarter percent. But again, a lot of weakness all over the place in U.S. equities, in emerging markets, in tech stocks, in value stocks. Stocks across the board were getting sold today, intraday, as we had a lot of liquidations followed by a lot of short covering coming in in the afternoon. Now, one asset class that did not drop at all today was the gold market. Gold held up very strong today, went down to 1838 on the lows, but again, it started the day around 1840 and it finished the day at 1842 spot 80 cents. And this was a very, very strong day for gold for the fact that it did not sell off with all of the other assets in the market. So if you owned gold, your gold actually appreciated against other assets such as equities because your gold did not drop in percentage terms, but all of the equities did. And so if you were able to take advantage of that by selling your gold to buy equities intraday, you did very well. But gold acted like the store of value that it is supposed to be. And silver held up as well. Silver finished the day at 23 spot 85. It's had a very strong week. And I expect the continuation to hold up in gold and silver. And But one place where you didn't see the strength in the gold markets was in the gold mining stocks. Now, if you look at the GDX, which is the Vinek Gold Miners ETF, the GDX finished the day down just over a half percent, but on the lows of the day, it was down 3.8%. And if you look at the Vinek Junior Gold Miners ETF, the GDXJ, that was even weaker on the day, and that was down 4.9% on the lows, finished the day down just over a, a percent and a half. Now, this is the second day in a row going back to Friday of last week where gold was up, but the gold miners did not follow suit. And one reason for that, I expect, is because a lot of traders and a lot of investors still view gold mining stocks as risk assets because they are speculative in nature because they are linked to the gold price, but they're also a leveraged bet on the price of gold because if the price of gold moves, by 1% in a day, down or up, typically speaking, the gold mining stocks will move up or down 3 or 4%. And some of the junior miners might move up by 5 or 6% in a up move in gold. And there's also there are a lot of risks associated with the mining business. There's a lot that can go wrong with operating a mining operation. And so these are viewed as risk assets. And so I think that's why they sold off today with the rest of the market, even though gold was holding up. But this just provides a buying opportunity to come in here because, again, these have been down two days on in a row. But the gold prices have been very, very strong. And I expect that the miners are going to catch up with the price of gold and pass the price of gold in the next few days. But, you know, when you own gold mines... One of the things that you have to understand is you own 
the gold that those gold mines own in the ground that hasn't been mined yet. Because as a part owner of those businesses, those businesses, when they own the land that they're mining, they own the mineral rights to the gold that's in the ground. And so if the gold that they own in the ground is getting more valuable, that underlying business is going to get more valuable as well. So again, I think these are very, very good buys. And a lot of them are going to catch up with the price of gold over the next several days. Now, on Wednesday, we get the FOMC meeting and the federal funds rate. And we also will get Jerome Powell's press conference to follow. Now, a lot of the markets are expecting that Jerome Powell might capitulate because of the weakness in the markets, but we'll have to see about that. I expect him to come out and not change his tone just yet. But again, their change in tone in raising interest rates is going to change moving forward eventually. Because again, look at what's going on in the markets. Again, we have the Russell 2000 already in bear market territory, and we're just three trading weeks into the year. The NASDAQ down 4% today on the lows, S&P down 4% today on the lows. The markets have been getting absolutely killed lately. And again, this is just on anticipation that the Federal Reserve will raise rates by a quarter percent, two or three times, several months in the future. Once we actually start to get those rate hikes, if they eventually come, that is going to absolutely destroy the markets. The markets can't even handle the thought of raising interest rates. Forget actually raising interest rates. And with that, you know, there's an important point to be made here. But first of all, many signs are pointing to a recession for the United States. We have more debt and higher debt levels piling up across all sectors of the economy. We have asset prices falling which is affecting the health of Americans' balance sheets. And I've gone over that in a past podcast, but everyone keeps saying that Americans' balance sheets have never been healthier. But again, part of that is because all of the assets on Americans' balance sheets, i.e. stocks and real estate, have appreciated immensely in 2021. If those assets start to fall in price, which they have the first three weeks of the year substantially, Americans' balance sheets are going to get uh, much, much worse as we continue to head further and further into this bear market. Same thing with cryptocurrencies and meme stocks. These bubbles are starting to pop. Look at GameStop. GameStop finished the day at $99 a share, was down 5.8% today, down 18% on the lows. And remember, this stock ran all the way up during the meme uh, frenzy last year, Today is actually the one-year anniversary of the meme stock frenzy, but this stock rose to all the way to $400 per share. It's now trading at, at under 100 and it's going to continue to fall. AMC Entertainment, this stock got clobbered today as well, down 19% on the lows, finished the day down 7%. This is now a $16 stock. And so... Americans' balance sheets are going to get worse off as a lot of their speculative assets, again, whether that being meme stocks, cryptocurrencies, uh, their their home, uh, high-tech growth stocks, right? A lot of the stocks that the average American owns are going down in value substantially, and that points to a lot less consumer spending in the future, which means that we could be headed for a recession or we could possibly be in one already. We just have not gotten the data out on that. Also with today's action, what was very significant is that bond yields 
have still not moved up substantially. The 10-year is still below 1.8%. So bond yields have not moved up. And again, if bond yields do move up, that's going to cause stock prices to go down even further. So we're seeing all this weakness amongst all the stock market averages, and the yields have not even started to rise yet, right? The Federal Reserve has still not stopped increasing their balance sheet. They still haven't sold any bonds back onto the market. And again, bond yields are going to move much higher at some point this year. And that is going to be another major headwind that a lot of U.S. stocks are going to have to contend with. But it's very important to recognize that bond yields have yet to move up, but stock prices are starting to collapse. And a lot of the excesses are starting to get wrung out of the market here. But the most important thing that we have to realize with these market moves and with the fact that there might be a recession either on the way or already here is this is going to be the first time ever that the Federal Reserve will be raising interest rates just prior to the start of a recession. Again, most of the time, the Federal Reserve hadn't come in and raise interest rates until we were already supposed to be way out of a recession, last time being 2018, which was after a eight-year economic expansion. But the Federal Reserve has never attempted to start raising interest rates and start a rate hike cycle in the midst of a recession. And of course, that would end very badly because any interest rate hikes would exacerbate a recession. And we know that because the Federal Reserve has lowered interest rates to stimulate the economy in the past to get us out of recession. So if the Federal Reserve has to start allowing interest rates to rise to fight inflation during a recession, that is that could turn the recession into a depression. One reason Again, why I don't expect the Federal Reserve to get deep into this rate hiking cycle, because I don't think it's possible without completely destroying the American economy. But the Russell 2000, again, fell into bear market territory. NASDAQ, at one point today, erased all of its year-over-year gains. The Dow Jones hit its lowest level in 10 months, again, was down 1,115 points on the low. And again, we continue to see this weakness in the markets. And again, I expect this to continue. But look at the price of gold, how it's holding up. Gold is acting as the inflation hedge and the hedge against uncertainty that it is, while Bitcoin continues to act as a risk asset that is not reliable to hedge any type of inflation or risk within the markets. So I just wanted to get on here quickly to go over some of the action in the markets today because it was a big day in the markets. But again, don't think we are out of this bear market so easily. If you're going to come in and buy the dips in U.S. equities, this is probably not the time to do it. And I think part of the reason why we had a rally today is because so many investors have been conditioned that if you come in and buy the dip, that that buying that dip buying is going to pay off. But again, we have a lot header, a lot lower to, to fall to here. And again, the Federal Reserve hasn't even started selling bonds off their balance sheet, which is going to raise bond yields and put even more downward pressure on stocks. The Federal Reserve has still not raised interest rates yet. And again, we have a lot of indicators that are showing that the economy is slowing. And there are a lot of risks out there for the U.S. markets in particular. 
And even though emerging market economies and stocks were hit hard today, again, I expect long term that those are going to be where the value are in the market over the next several years. Yes, there's going to be a lot of volatility because there's a lot of uncertainty within markets. And because there's a great rotation happening where people are going to be pulling value out of the United States and putting it into emerging market economies. And that has not happened in over two decades. But again, go back to the playbook of how the investors that did well in the 1970s invested. They got out of U.S. stocks. They bought emerging market stocks. And they invested in value stocks all over the world, except for the United States. And those investors did well in the 1970s, whereas the people who continued to buy the dips in U.S. markets continued to get slaughtered. Because when you buy the dips and the dips keep dipping, you keep getting more and more losses, but the losses become even more exaggerated. So I don't think this is any time to come in and buy U.S. stocks. Again, we have a lot further to fall in the next several weeks, in my opinion. But again, the real problem is, is that we are having all this market weakness, yet the Fed hasn't even started raising interest rates yet, has not started to sell its bonds back into the market yet, which again are going to cause stock prices to fall even further. And again, we are starting to head into a recession and the Federal Reserve is going to have to try and attempt to raise interest rates at the start of a recession for the first time in U.S. history. And those are uncharted waters and they are likely to not end well for the Federal Reserve. So that's it for now. I'll be back on Wednesday to cover the FOMC meeting and Powell's press conference. But again, I expect weak, more weakness in the U.S. markets to come especially in the more speculative stocks and the businesses that do not produce any earnings and that are highly speculative and that are trading at very, very high valuations.